UAB MedCast is an ongoing medical education podcast. The UAB Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please visit uabmedicine.org medcast and complete the episode's post-test. Welcome to UAB MedCast, a continuing education podcast for medical professionals, bringing knowledge to your world. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to UAB MedCast. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing the Watchman procedure. Joining me is Dr. Tom McEldry. He's an assistant professor and the section chief in electrophysiology and the co-director of the Heart and Vascular Center at UAB Medicine. Dr. McEldry, I'm so glad to have you join us today. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in the trends for AFib as of now. Oh, yes. Well, uh, it's great to uh, have this conversation with you. Thank you for the opportunity we have seen over the past 10 years or so, more and more patients come to the diagnosis of atrial fibrillation. I believe that um, access to medical care and in particular uh, access to personal devices that will actually uh, diagnose your atrial fibrillation has increased the number of patients that we have the opportunity to see um, nowadays. And I think it's fantastic that people are taking such uh, and an investment in their own healthcare and monitoring a, a number of different parameters, including heart rhythm, on their own. Well, that certainly is true. So tell us a little bit about the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association focused update of their 2014 AFib treatment guidelines. What's changed? Well, I, I guess a, a number of things have changed. Probably the most important is uh, how we protect people from the risk of uh, stroke and many stroke and even memory problems and uh, cognitive decline that can be associated with folks who have atrial fibrillation and aren't adequately managed. Uh, with the most recent update, they basically engineered aspirin as a option out of the equation. There are two reasons for this. I think number one is aspirin really was not an effective therapy to help protect people from the risk of atrial fibrillation. And number two is that we have other blood thinner medicines that have exactly the same risk of bleeding, but do a much better job of protecting people from the risk of stroke and systemic embolism. And, and like I mentioned, uh, probably even memory problems and, and dementia as well. In addition to you know blood thinner medications people can take, there is a, a, another option uh, that's particularly great for folks who have trouble taking blood thinners, and that's left atrial appendage occlusion. And the, the one device that's on the market now is uh, called the Watchman device. So as you've said, there are many oral anticoagulants, and they're an important therapy, but they do come with risk factors and limitations, and many patients don't even want to continue to take them. So they need an alternative. You mentioned the Watchman. Tell us a little bit about this procedure, doctor, and when you're, when you're really choosing it for your patients. I think uh, initially we were very deliberate with the rollout of left atrial appendage occlusion. We wanted to see how... Um, the device handled in our own hands and, and make sure that the safety that we saw in clinical studies was the same safety that was out in, in clinical practice. And in fact, if you look at some of the registry data, it seems that uh, complications continue to decline even past what we saw in the clinical studies. I think the Watchman is a great device for patients who uh, either 
can't take blood thinners because they've um, they've had bleeding risk. Uh, typically, that's a GI bleeding. Also, patients for it increased risk of, of of falls or other serious complications of oral anticoagulant therapy, um, uh, and even in in a number of patients. Um, that the cost becomes such an issue for these novel agents that, that they're just not going to take them. And we need to, to find another alternative uh, to manage their risk of stroke. So then let's talk about patient selection and tell us who is an ideal candidate and who might not be a candidate for this procedure. Great. So I think um, almost anyone who has atrial fibrillation could be a candidate for this therapy. We initially focused on patients who um, had a contraindication or relative contraindication to uh, oral anticoagulant therapy, but um, I think it's moving more into the realm of of patient preference. So uh, I think for the most part, anybody who's on oral anticoagulant therapy for an indication of AFib could be considered for this uh, procedure. Now, Patients who are on anticoagulant therapy for reasons other than atrial fibrillation or in addition to atrial fibrillation um, would not be good candidates for this procedure. Um, Patients who are not able to take any anticoagulant therapy for any period of time uh, also would not be good candidates for this procedure. Um, Presently, on label, patients would be on, on warfarin for about six weeks and then be on dual antiplatelet therapy with aspirin and Plavix out to six months and then aspirin alone. Clinical practice has, um, has really changed over the last several years where most of our patients are not on, on warfarin at all. If they are on uh, one of the novel agents, we only keep that for six weeks and then transition to uh, the Plavix and aspirin therapy. But many or dare say most of our patients only take dual antiplatelet therapy in conjunction with having the Watchman procedure. And we're typically stopping that in the four to six month range and transitioning to, to aspirin alone after that. So for folks who just couldn't take dual antiplatelet therapy, there would be a risk of device-related thrombus, and um, I don't think the watchman would be a good procedure for those guys. Well, thank you for that answer. So as you're telling us why it's a good choice to reduce the risk of stroke as well as blood thinners, what's the procedure like? How does it work? And do you have any technical considerations you'd like other providers to know? So the procedure is is really pretty straightforward. Currently, what we do is um, patients uh, come to the the heart and vascular center in the morning, we take them to the procedure room. We do a, a transesophageal echo at the time of the procedure. Uh, initially, we had been doing screening echoes, but we found that the, the rate at which people screened out for the procedure was so low that it, it just didn't seem necessary. So we actually do the screening echo and the procedure at the same time. Um, as long as the uh, appendage is large enough for the device, but not too large, uh, then we um, uh, proceed with the procedure, which is uh, femoral venous access, uh, followed by uh, a transeptal puncture, and then uh, entry into the left 
atrium, left atrial appendage. We place a, a pigtail catheter in the left atrial appendage and then advance a delivery sheath over that. And then uh, we position the Watchman device in the appendage and, and retract the sheath, which unsheaths the device, which then expands in the appendage. And we um, use the transesophageal echo to make, uh, make measurements to show that the device is uh, well approximated, appropriately compressed, and has no uh, leaks around it. Uh, we've also started using some intracardiac echo to complement that, and it may be in the future that we eliminate transesophageal echo altogether and, and do the procedure with uh, intracardiac echo alone. How have been your outcomes, doctor? Oh, I think our patients have done really well. They've been um, been very appreciative of the therapy and the uh, the lifestyle changes that it affords them by uh, not having to take uh, take blood thinners. For the most part, patients are, are able to come in, have the procedure done, and uh, and go home the next day. And so uh, we've been uh, very pleased with this device and uh, look forward to some of the other devices that uh, will come be coming out in the future. And talk about the post-implant drug regimen. You mentioned it a little bit before. Do your patients still have to be on their meds after this procedure? They do. I, I mentioned that on-label therapy would uh, have people on warfarin or, or maybe a novel agent for about six weeks. They would then have a transesophageal echo to confirm that the device was well approximated without significant leaks or device-related thrombus and then transition over to uh, Plavix and aspirin, you know, dual antiplatelet therapy for about six months and then would decrease to aspirin therapy alone. For the most part, though, we've really transitioned away from that, and patients are on dual antiplatelet therapy for the first uh, four to six months. They get a, a transesophageal echo to confirm no device-related thrombus and, and good approximation uh, without leak, and then uh, they're transitioned to aspirin therapy for another six months, and then if all looks good at that point, they'd be on no oral anticoagulant therapy at that time. So as we wrap up, what does the future hold for stroke reduction in AFib patients? Do you have any interesting studies or research you'd like other providers to know? Wrap it up for us. Oh, absolutely. I think this is uh, an you know, exciting space for us to be in. I think that the FDA and then us at UAB locally were, were deliberate uh, with, the, with this technology to, to ensure that it maintains the, the, the safety and efficacy of, of other comparable therapies. Uh, as I look to the future, uh, we're going to be involved in a study that looks at, um, in a randomized fashion, and patients taking NOAC versus uh, left atrial appendage occlusion. Uh, I see that the, um, the Watchman Flex device will probably be out in the next uh, six months, which should make the implant procedure both easier and safer. And then we're also currently uh, enrolling in a clinical study of the uh, Watchman device versus uh, the Wavecrest device, which is a uh, a left atrial appendage occluder with a little bit uh, different design that we're, uh, we're excited about that technology as well. So I, I think this, uh, this is something that uh, we're going to be able to offer to um, uh, more and more patients. And I think uh, 
the future is bright for left atrial appendage occlusion. Well, thank you so much, Dr. McEldery, for coming on with us today and sharing your expertise and telling us about the really fascinating Watchman procedure. Thank you again. A community physician can refer a patient to UAB Medicine by calling the MIST line at 1-800-UAB-MIST. That concludes this episode of UAB MedCast. For more information on resources available at UAB Medicine, please visit our website at uabmedicine.org physician. Please also remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other UAB podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.